I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on the Danger Next Door. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. A lot of people have known about fentanyl, and we've been hearing about it for a very, very long time. But the tragedy at the Bronx Daycare Center that claimed the life of a one-year-old boy and poisoned three other very small children has raised awareness and concerns to a new level. So what we've done with this episode of Street Soldiers is put together an amazing panel for you so you have the accurate information. We get an idea of what's the real issue here and also what the real danger is so that you can protect yourself and your family. In the past, we thought of fentanyl overdoses as happening in dingy basements or drug dens somewhere or to people that maybe we would never know. That's what a lot of people think. But the fact of the matter is it's become a fact of daily life that we need to fully understand and make sure that we are prepared and equipped to handle. So joining me for this conversation is Frank Tarantino. He is a special agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Administration. That's the DEA, the New York Field Office. Frank, thank you so much for joining us for this. Uh, thank you, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Dr. Chinazo Cunningham. She is the commissioner of OASIS. That OASIS stands for Office of Addiction Services and Supports. Dr. Cunningham, thank you so much for being with us. Happy to be here. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Dr. Sandeep Kapoor. He's an emergency medicine specialist in addiction services with the Northwell Health Healthcare System and the various hospitals. Dr. Kapoor, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having me, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Frank, before we um, get into some of the medical aspects, can you give us an idea of just how deeply this fentanyl crisis from your point of view has penetrated American society? So Lisa, fentanyl is the most significant, most urgent threat that DEA is facing in, in every state across the country today. Uh, specifically in New York City, 80% of the overdoses and poisonings involve fentanyl. So fentanyl, as you know, is a, an illicit drug that is synthetically made, it's man-made, um, it's available on social media, it's widely accessible and easily obtained, and it's extremely lethal. And that's what is playing out across the country in every state. And, and, and quite honestly, throughout the world, we're seeing these malign actors, these cartel members, significant cartel members like the Sinaloa and the Jalisco cartel, the two most dominant cartels, they're the ones that are responsible for synthesizing fentanyl into the fentanyl powder and pills that are flowing into the United States that are killing Americans at catastrophic and record rates. And Dr. Cunningham, how do you see how do you see the issue from your vantage point? Yeah, so uh, you know, I agree that it is uh, definitely impacting Americans and New Yorkers in a way that we've never seen before. We're in the worst overdose epidemic ever. And so at least from numbers from last year, we know that over 6,300 New Yorkers have died of an overdose and the vast majority are from fentanyl. And so that's one person dying about every 90 minutes in New York. Um, so it, we know there's more urgency now than ever before in terms of um, using evidence-based uh, strategies. So that includes harm reduction strategies, so really focusing on keeping people alive um, and then also making sure that treatment is accessible to all New Yorkers who need it, because treatment is effective um, and can really save lives. And so we're focusing on really improving access to medication treatment like methadone, like buprenorphine, also known as Suboxone, and naltrexone. Dr. Kapoor, in terms of the, you've treated many uh, patients who have overdosed on these drugs. In terms of the, the case with the babies at the daycare center, a lot of people were 
and continue to ask us how could they have overdosed? Is, can you get, can you overdose from touching it? Uh, explain to us how that happens. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. And you know, um, obviously, we are thinking of the families that were impacted by that. You know, the reality is this doesn't discriminate regardless of age, um, regardless of gender, regardless of background. Um, you know, the class of drug that fentanyl is, in in the simplest terms, what it does, it impacts your breathing center. Um, so the, the reality is exposure to it is very serious. And that's why, you know, speaking of what Dr. Cunningham just mentioned about harm reduction strategies, you know, having naloxone or Narcan, the antidote for an opioid overdose is extremely important to have out readily available in the community. And in terms of exposure, you know, there's been many misnomers out there uh, where people think that just being in the area of uh, fentanyl, it could lead to an overdose. But the reality is, um, we don't know how each individual reacts to these medications or these drugs. So it's really important, yet again, to be prepared to understand the signs of an overdose and to have the tool to prevent a fatal overdose. So you're saying we really don't know how how an individual would react to it? Because we've seen law enforcement officers, there was just a case in Poughkeepsie where police were arresting a, a, a drug, uh, an alleged drug dealer. There was a lot of cocaine, a lot of heroin, fentanyl in there. And one of the officers who I, I don't think had any protective gear act, had an accidental overdose just from handling it in the, in the particular apartment. What do you, like, what do we know? Like, what can you tell parents right now about, especially about children? Well, I think it's really important to to be very aware of your setting, being very aware of your environment. And again, having the right tools on hand in case there is any medical complications. Um, I'd leave it to Dr. Cunningham to, to dive in a little bit further in terms of the harm reduction strategies around this. But the reality is this comes down to awareness, right? Knowing now how much fentanyl has been contaminating the drug supply out there, knowing that it's not just about heroin or prescription pills anymore. It's about any drug being purchased out in the community. All of us in our homes need to have a better awareness that we may be at risk. And we're going to talk about some of those uh, some of those methods uh, when we come back. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the danger next door. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on the danger next door. We're talking about fentanyl, how it is infiltrated so much of our society and many systems, and especially with illegal drugs. Joining us for this conversation is Frank Tarantino. He's a special agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Administration, that's the DEA, the New York Division. Also with us is Dr. Chinazo Cunningham. She's the commissioner of OASIS, that's Office of Addiction Services and Supports. And also with us is Dr. Sandeep Kapoor. He's an emergency medicine addiction services specialist. Uh, with the Northwell Health System. Thank you all for, for being with us. Dr. Chinazo uh, Cunningham, is it gotten so bad that we all really need to carry naloxone or Narcan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do because we don't know when an overdose is going to happen. And, you know, overdoses are happening in every community. Uh, no one is really protected by this. And so um, we want to make sure that people have effective tools to reverse that overdose. So that's naloxone or Narcan. Um, you know, certainly at the state level, we on our website at OASAS have free naloxone. We will ship it out to anybody who wants it. Um, also fentanyl test strips and xylazine test strips. And we know that naloxone is also now going to be available over the counter. 
And so people can go in to pharmacies and purchase it on their own as well. So there's a lot of different ways to get it. And we, you know, there's no harm in using it. Um, and so we know that uh, it's really safest for everybody to have this uh, available to them. And I know you've been doing public service campaigns and also ground level, street level ones in Spanish and English. Uh, I've seen them around uh, the streets here in New York City. And then, but how do people get, how can people get that? How can the average person watching or listening to us right now access that? Yeah, so you can go to our website. So it's at um, um, oasis.ny.gov and it's oasas.ny.gov. And online you can see harm reduction um, and you can click on that. You uh, really just put in, you know, name and address and we will ship out the naloxone um, within a few days. It's free and it's really easy to obtain. And we want to make sure that people who need it and want it have it. And are naloxone and, and Narcan the same thing? Yeah, so Narcan is the name brand, and that's the um, brand that people uh, that you use it in your nose. You just sort of spray um, one on each side of your nose, and that you know takes a minute or so to work and reverses an overdose. And there's no worry or harm. So if somebody's you know maybe having a seizure or something else that's not an overdose, and you administer the naloxone, it's not going to harm that person. You're not hurting them because I've yeah, heard a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people would be concerned about that. Frank, you, every, it seems that every time you come on Street Soldiers to help us understand this problem uh, periodically, it gets worse and worse and worse. How are you seeing the drug, the, the fentanyl showing up in the, in the drug supply and just in our everyday lives? So, Lisa, th this is the issue that we're dealing with today. No drug is really safe on the, on the street. The illicit drug market has been... Uh, contaminated with fentanyl. Fentanyl is mixed into all drugs today, heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine. It's obviously coming in the pill form. Any any pill that anybody is obtaining on social media or on the street is irresponsible, illegal, and potentially lethal. So we, we tell people if you're not getting it from a trusted doctor and prescribed by a licensed pharmacist, it is potentially lethal. So what what, what the problem that Americans are facing today is that when they think they're buying cocaine, it's actually laced with fentanyl, and that is what is killing Americans. And that's why we're calling these poisons, because these people do not understand or believe that they are taking fentanyl. And the cartels are doing this intentionally. This is this is deliberate treachery to entice more people to buy more drugs because they become more addicted. It increases their customer base. It increases their profit margins. It allows them to push their poison throughout the entire country and around the world. And this is what the DEA is committed to doing, right? Our three top priorities are to feed the cartel, Sinaloa, CJNG, increase awareness and education, and then finally to increase medical assisted treatment to those that need it the most. And this is what we do every day. And we've said it, I've said it, we're every day looking to work more with our state and local counterparts, but to save lives. Our mission is to save lives. And every single day, this is a fight to save lives. And Dr. Kapoor, we just had a story recently. Um, this just happened. There was a, a, an indictment in a major drug trafficking case. Uh, uh, two men were charged coming from Mexico into Indiana with over 50,000 pills laced with, with fentanyl. How dangerous is it for people who get frustrated because they can't get their prescription and are just wanting to you know, buy something as Frank said, off the, you know, off the internet that they think is that generic or, you know, from another country. Yeah, Lisa, you, you bring up a, a really good point. And I think, um, you know, if we could dive in a little bit deeper, I think the biggest point is that, you know, we in healthcare 
have to take accountability and ownership of supporting our communities through this. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's very enlightening me, for me to hear, and hopefully it's giving hope to others in the community to even hear our DEA colleagues saying that one of their objectives, one of their missions is the inter um, interaction and the, the cross-section of healthcare in their strategy. Because the reality is, you know, regardless of what we were taught around our dinner tables as we were younger about drug and alcohol use, um, there is a component of this that can be linked and mapped to someone's overall health. And if you could think about us as healthcare professionals, we can actually feel empowered to help individuals through this process. You know, these are disease processes. There are medications available to support people, but then also we have to be very judicious in how we approach individuals in a humanistic manner. So what you just described about the frustration of someone not being able to obtain or, or continue getting, let's say, uh, medications for their legitimate pain, yes, that could drive someone to turn to the community to buy prescription or what they think is prescription pills um, you know, from a non-licensed pharmacist or uh, you know, from, from a dealer. And that could put them at a tremendous amount of risk compared to, you know, really receiving the legitimate care that they deserve via healthcare. And then in terms of, uh, Dr. Kapoor, in terms of from the ER standpoint, what does fentanyl do to the body? Like, how does somebody overdose from it? What does Yeah, so again, in simple terms. It makes you die, is what I want to know. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, so in simple terms, just like any other opioid, um, it impacts your breathing center. So when someone expires, it's because their body loses the ability to breathe. And fentanyl is an extremely powerful opioid. Um, and it's really important to understand, though, again, that naloxone is the antidote, or Narcan is the antidote to prevent someone from having a fatal overdose. And it, you know, from the emergency department or healthcare standpoint, that gives us an opportunity to develop partnership with that individual to really understand what their goals are and to help them on their journey towards well-being or recovery. You know, Narcan or Naloxone is not going to treat someone's opioid use disorder, but it sure will give us a chance to intervene with someone. Otherwise, we may lose them. Mr. Kennedy, how long? Oh, go ahead. I would just add, right, so that the Naloxone literally blocks the fentanyl and it blocks any other opioids. And so it is safe. It's not addictive. And if nobody, if people don't have, you know, opioids in their system, it's not going to cause any harm, but it literally blocks the fentanyl so that people can start breathing again. And and Dr. Cunningham, how long how long from the time somebody is exposed uh, to the time that they would that they would die that they would actually stop breathing from it? Yeah, well, that's hard to tell because it really depends on how much fentanyl they have. And I think this is also the point, Lisa, which is that nobody knows what they're taking if they're taking substances that are not from a legitimate source. So. It's, you know, there's no way to know. I mean, we do have fentanyl test strips where those are also free. So again, on our website at oasis.ny.gov. So people can test the substance to see if there is fentanyl in it, but it doesn't tell you how much fentanyl. It just tells you yes or no. Um, and so just really to be safe, you know, if people are going to use any substance, they should have naloxone uh, with them. They should not use alone so that if they do overdose, that somebody can be there to use naloxone and save their lives. And they should take it slow. Um, so, you know, I mean, there are ways that people can change their behaviors to if, if they're going to use a drug to use more safely so they can stay alive and that, th that there will be opportunities for them to get into treatment when they're ready for treatment. No, it, go ahead. 
No, let me, if I may interrupt just for a moment about the lethality and what we're seeing play out across yeah. the United States. So in our nine laboratories across the United States, in, in their testing and research, what they have identified is that six out of 10 of the pills that they test have a lethal dose of fentanyl in them. So the lethal dose is two milligrams. And as we discussed many times before on this show, that's about approximately what can fit on the tip of a pencil. It's about 10 to 20 grains of salt poured onto your kitchen table. But the average amount of fentanyl that we're finding in these pills that are laced in lethal is 2.34 milligrams, so over the lethal dose. So this is how widespread and, and, and dangerous this, this epidemic is. And this is why the DEA is doing so much to work with our state and local counterparts and the community. So we have on October 3rd at, uh, at, at John Jay College, we have our family summit, our second annual family summit, where we engage with the families that have lost loved ones to drug poisonings. And, and this is an opportunity for us to learn from these families what they've struggled through and, and how it has impacted their lives and how we can take that and learn from it and move in a direction that can help them in the future and help other families that are going through this process. All right, and well, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, I'm gonna find out what our guests have to say about people who say, well, you know what? I'm just taking a few pills at a party or especially for our young people that are, where there's a lot more use of pills in terms of recreational use. How dangerous is that? We're gonna find out what our panel has to say when we come back, stay with us. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on the danger next door. We're talking about fentanyl, what is really going on, and more importantly, what you can do to help prevent someone from going through a fentanyl overdose if you encounter it, which according to what all the experts are saying is much more likely now than it ever was before. Joining us for this conversation is Frank Tarantino. He's a special agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Administration. That's the DEA, their New York division. Also with us is Dr. Chinazo Cunningham. She's the commissioner of OASIS. That is the Office of Addiction Services and Supports. And also with us is Dr. Sandeep Kapoor. He's an emergency medicine and addiction services specialist uh, with the Northwell Health System. Frank, there's a lot of people, a lot of teens, especially that are using pills at parties. They go to parties in the way people might've had a six pack before or a bottle or a little bag of weed or whatever. Now they're, they're much more comfortable using these pills. What do you say to that? First and foremost, every pill that is being purchased on social media or on the streets today is laced with fentanyl, and they're deadly. And every pill has that lethal dose of two milligrams or more in it. And so when people are taking these pills, they're really putting their lives at risk. And that's why we came out with the public awareness campaign of one pill can kill. So one pill one time can kill somebody. Too many people have died too soon because they've experimented with drugs like these fake pills that are laced with fentanyl, and they have actually, you know, uh, succumbed to that, that poison and died very, uh, you know, way too soon for their families and, and their, and their loved ones to, to endure. So we would encourage young people to have honest conversations with each other, parents and guardians, have honest conversations with their young people about these dangers, about the risks and about the availability, because really anybody who has a cell phone in their pocket basically has a drug dealer in their pocket. That's how perverse the drug trafficking is is going on on social media platforms like TikTok, um, you know, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, 
all these different platforms are really just being weaponized by the cartels to move their poison. That's unbelievable. Commissioner Cunningham, as you as you look at the at the issue in, in New York State, you say the number is growing up of, of deaths due to these drug overdoses. Are there are, are there are there new new groups that you're seeing being affected by this? In other words, as opposed to habitual, you know, habitual substance substance users. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it's not just heroin anymore like it used to be. And in fact, I think what's not getting enough attention is that people who use stimulants like cocaine and like methamphetamine are really dying at increased rates. And it's because fentanyl is everywhere. Uh, it's in the cocaine. It's in the methamphetamine. And I think people may not think that they're at risk for overdosing and dying, but in fact, they are. And so, you know, it's fentanyl is finding its way in all kinds of, um, you know, substances. So pills, you know, methamphetamine and cocaine. And so the risk is really widespread. And, and for that reason, again, people need to have naloxone, which works to really reverse an overdose. Um, Dr. Kapoor, some people, and we've heard it said, and especially among our, our younger population, they'll say, well, you know what? I don't have to worry about that because I'm not putting a needle in my arm. I'm, I'm picking a pill or I'm snorting some, you know, some, uh, some cocaine or whatever. I'm not at, at risk. What do you say to them? Well, you know, it, I could appreciate folks saying that because I think many folks traditionally have been very lucky and fortunate. But the reality is, if we hear what our colleagues are saying, the well is poisoned. And we don't know what's in the drug supply, especially if you assume that it's one thing and unfortunately it's something else. So I think that is the clear message that has to be disseminated to everybody that regardless of prior experiences, because we know over the years, even not just the trends of overdoses, but even just the trends of drug use and the available drugs that are out there and generational what drugs people are utilizing change, uh, the reality is the well is poisoned and we have to vocalize this. We have to shout this out as loud as possible so people understand that regardless of what decision they're making, they think they may be doing cocaine or methamphetamine or they may be doing heroin, the reality is they're still at high risk of a fentanyl poisoning related overdose. And I think, Lisa, I mean, I just want to jump in. I mean, this this message is something we want to make sure New Yorkers know. And so we have a public service announcements now really sort of saying you can't tell what's in your pill. You can't tell what's in your cocaine or your heroin. And so there are tools that you can access, you know, fentanyl test strips and naloxone that if you're going to use any of these that you can use more safely and you can stay alive. Frank, you yeah, can go ahead. Oh, sorry, Lisa, just to build off that, right? And I think that it's, it's I, I really appreciate Dr. Cunningham raising this because look, the reality is drug use is going to happen. It's been happening for centuries, but we need to make it safer. And knowing that we have tools like fentanyl test strips or xylenzine test strips, as well as the tool to prevent an overdose, these are all strategies to keep people alive. And so I have to necessarily force the, the, you know, force people to stop using drugs, but understand that drug use is going to happen. And we just need to make it safer. And you know what? There's models for this that we all have employed over the years. I remember being in college and learning about watching what's in your drink, covering your drink if you step you away for a moment. Have to do that, yeah. And and you know what? And now that's become normalized, right? People right. don't want to take a drink from a stranger because they understand the risk. So if we were able to accomplish that level of awareness where now it's part of our action, we need to do the same here. 
Craig, I want to ask you about the distribution because you talk about and you talk about over the years, like people know back in the day, you would have to go maybe 20 years ago, have to go to a specific neighborhood or there was a guy in town. You know, if you were in a suburban or a rural community that everybody knew was the was the connect or the person that you could get illegal drug from. But now you say that that drug dealer is in somebody's pocket. Yes. Yeah, so essentially, Lisa, the, the drug trafficking cartels like the Sinaloa and Lisco cartels are really modernizing their business, right? This is the illegal version of Amazon. They have taken social media and weaponized it so that they can move their various types of drugs like the fentanyl powder and fentanyl pills anywhere and everywhere throughout the United States and, and the world. And, and when we talk about plant-based drugs, we are still seeing a lot of plant-based drugs here in the United States, but the synthetic drugs are really taking over because they're so much cheaper to make. They're so much more easily made and, and you can make more of it. And really these cartels are only limited in terms of how much they can make based off of how many precursor chemicals they can get from China. So China is a, is a big player in this equation. When we talk about who's responsible for the harm, China and India are the ones that are supplying the precursor chemicals that are flowing into Mexico. And then those super labs in Mexico are the ones that are synthesizing the fentanyl as flowing into the United States. So we in DEA are doing absolutely everything we can to map these networks and to defeat the entire network like we have never done before. And this is the strategy that is playing out in all of our offices. And this is why we're able to track somebody from Main Street, New York City, all the way back to Main Street, Mexico, because we're connecting the dots and we're working with our state, local, federal counterparts, and we're holding these people accountable. We're having great success in doing that. So with all the issues and the chaos at the border, are you seeing more coming in? What we see is these cartels are really innovative and creative in terms of how they move their drugs. They use any means necessary. They'll use parcels. They'll use mail carriers. They'll use shipping containers. They'll use vehicles, body carriers. Basically, anything and everything is on the table. And that's why they're so difficult at times to interdict. But we have a great, as I said earlier, understanding of who the facilitators are, who the organizers are, who the brokers are. And we're going after the cartels. We've mapped them in 40 different. Commissioner Cunningham, we, we always we typically think of drugs in the, the big urban areas and drug issues and drug problems. What are you seeing statewide? Is this a statewide issue? Absolutely, it's statewide. There's no community that's not you know experiencing this. And in fact, there are some of the communities that are rural have some of the highest overdose death rates in the state. Um, and so, you know, our job is to make sure that that services are available really across the state. And so we are investing a lot of money, you know, um, tens of millions of dollars to make sure that treatment is available. We're using mobile units now because of some regulatory changes that allow us to do that. So even if there's not a brick and mortar um, site, like a treatment site in some of these rural communities, we're, we're, we're funding mobile units to go into these rural communities and provide you know, evidence-based treatment like methadone treatment, like buprenorphine or suboxone treatment. Um, we're shipping out, you know, fentanyl test strips. We're shipping out naloxone. So really, you know, we are doing a lot of work to make sure that all parts of the state, whether it's urban or rural, have, you know, uh, tools um, and effective treatment. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll find out what can be done, what you can do to try to protect yourself and your loved ones from exposure to this. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. 
Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles P, the Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the danger next door. Fentanyl, we keep hearing about it. Just how big of a problem is it? More importantly, what can you do to protect yourself and your loved ones? That's what we're finding out from our guest. Joining me is Frank Tarantino. He's a special agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Administration. That's the DEA, the New York Field Office. Also with us is Dr. Chinazo Cunningham. She is the commissioner of OASIS. That is the Office of Addiction Services and Supports for New York State. Also with us is Dr. Sandy Kapoor. He's an emergency medicine and addiction services specialist with Northwell Health. Uh, Dr. Kapoor, first of all, give us an idea if someone with a case of the daycare center, there was one mother who picked up her two-year-old son earlier than uh, the other children, about 12, 15, when she got her baby home. She noticed that he was extremely lethargic, not responsive. She called 911 right away and saved his life, basically, with that particular thing. What are the symptoms, first of all, like in teenagers or adults that we might notice? Fairly similar. You know, feeling overly tired, having difficulty breathing, unconscious, um, you know, I, I think what mom did there was really important to call help right away. 911 is the right step. Uh, pretty much every first responder in our state carries naloxone now, which is, like we mentioned many times now, the antidote for an opioid overdose. And it's part of frontline protocol for all emergency services uh, throughout the state. So, you know, the reality is if there's any suspicion um, that's matched with uh, some sort of tiredness or, you know, uh, inability to keep consciousness or difficulty breathing. So if you hear gargling noises, um, it's really important to call 911. And, then, and if you have naloxone, it's really important to use it. To use it. And as Dr. Cunningham said, it can't, you can't hurt somebody by by, use, by using it. Uh, Dr. Cunningham, any, any other things you want to add to that? Yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, calling 911 and using naloxone are really the first two steps. Um, that you know that that people should do if they if they think that somebody might have an overdose, and I think you know just again again just to make sure that people know naloxone is available. It's now over the counter. You can purchase it. You can order it. You can go to the oasas.ny.gov website. You can order it. We'll ship it to you for free. So there's no reason to not have it. You know, I personally have always in my suitcase, in my bag, in my apartment, right everywhere because you just never know and. We're all at risk. Everybody's at risk. There's, you know, it doesn't matter if you're young or old or rich or poor or black or white or in an urban community or rural community. This is happening everywhere. And so, you know, we have to make sure that we have the tools that work to reverse overdoses um, so that we can help keep people alive. And then, yeah, Lisa, I could, oh, sorry, if I could just build on that really quickly, right? Um, you know, we keep a lot of medications in our homes as well, and they're not always stored safely in out, out of reach of others, including adults and children. You know, if you have a first aid kit at home, it's important to have naloxone part of that first aid kit because this is not just about drugs that are purchased out in the community, but it's also some of the medications we have in our own homes that could put someone at risk. And Frank, let me ask you, in terms of, in terms of first responders, we've seen, you know, some, some places where if it's a law, if law enforcement first responders, they'll be in these hazmat suits before they go in. They had a decontamination tent outside of the daycare center. The the um, but all you know for paramedics, for EMTs, for police officers, just sometimes they can respond to a call and not know what they're basically walking into. 
What do you think? Do you think enough protections and uh, you know supplies are being given to them? So, Lisa, I would just echo what both doctors said earlier about being properly prepared and equipped to deal with all the different scenarios that we're facing today, and knowing that these environments are potentially lethal. I would encourage all law enforcement professionals to have Narcan on them, like our special agents in the DEA have, and gloves and masks and regulators if necessary. So we have plan lab teams in the DEA that that do process crime scenes like like the one out in the Bronx. Um, our team was out there. We have our chemists that, that come out and help you know go through the evidence in a, in a safe and proper way. But I would just say, you know, the DEA, I mentioned earlier about our enforcement act, actions that we're taking and, and how important that is. But I would also say that the public awareness prevention education is critically important, which is why the DEA has taken a lot of steps to put out public safety alerts and public safety campaigns like the one pill kill message. And also, you know, if you go to the DEA.gov website, there's a fentanyl awareness section. There's also the DEA.gov backslash one pill. And all of those materials are available to everybody to download, to use, to educate people. And that's the big part of this is that people need to take the time to educate the most vulnerable so that these poisonings don't continue to occur. No, absolutely. Um, and then in terms of, uh, Dr. Kapoor, if somebody doesn't have, doesn't happen to have naloxone or Narcan there and, and they see somebody in that, you know, passing out or looking like they're stopping breathing, what should, what should they do? I mean, the same thing we would do if we think someone's having a heart attack or seizure. I, I can't stress how important it is to remember that there are good Samaritan laws to protect individuals, they should call 911. You know, getting emergency services there is extremely critical, especially because we know they have the antidote on board. But yes, you know, it, you, again, if we're talking about breathing being depressed because of these drugs, then trying to do rescue breathing if you're trained in CPR, that could help. But the reality is, you know, naloxone, what it does, it goes to that same receptor and it pushes off the opioid to start. The breathing center again, and without that, you know, you really need to call nine one one. No, ab ab absolutely. If if the, if you're waiting and you see it happening on the street, should you lift like elevate the person or, you know, pour water on their face? I mean, anything like that, or just is there or, or nothing short of naloxone could really help them at that point? If you think about, if you just think about basic first aid, the first thing that we always train individuals in and teach people is try to alert, uh, to awake the individual. So there are things that people may do to try to get a reaction. But again, if someone doesn't have the ability to breathe because it's being depressed, that naloxone is extremely important and an urgency. Exactly. Um, Frank, I just I wanted to get a point. You talk about social media is being used to sell these pills, which a lot of parents may not be aware of. How does that work? So these drug traffickers, they will go on to these different sites like TikTok and Instagram and um, Snapchat, and they will use monikers that that they hide behind to really uh, entice people to buy their pills. And, and this is what's playing out in all the homes across the United States and schools and on college campuses in our city. And this is why it is so dangerous. And this is what we're trying to encourage the caregivers, the educators to, to understand. That's what is available on our website. So we have the coded language that we are seeing used by these traffickers and we're providing that to people so that they can become more familiar. And when they see it on their child's phone or they see things that look a little suspicious, they can have a, a much more in-depth conversation with their with their loved one, with their child, and, and then hold them uh, to a standard that we would want uh, to keep people safe. 
Commissioner Cunningham, what about that awareness for parents, especially for the young teens, like 11, 12 years old, you know, where they're out and about and, and exposed to these things and parents may be like, oh no, he's in sports or she's in sports and they're in with a good group of kids. I don't really have to worry. What do you say to that? Yeah. I mean, we, we know how important it is for parents to talk to their kids really about this and to keep an open line of communication. Um, we also, you know, um, it's great to hear about the the resources available on the DEA website. We have resources available on the OASS website, how to talk to your kids about this, you know, sort of truths and myths about fentanyl and naloxone and about, you know, drugs in general. Um, but communication is key. And so just listening to kids and kids listen to their parents, whether we think they do or they don't. Um, but having those open lines of communications of just, you know, what's going on at school with their friends and um, and making sure that, you know, really about health is, is really encouraged and and knowing the facts and making sure that those kids know the facts, are, you know, that's definitely part of the, the um, you know, goal here. And so uh, very much, you know, resources available for parents to, to continue talking to their kids and have those open lines of communication. No, definitely. And Dr. Kapoor, in terms of the stigma, the stigma surrounding drug use, just illegal drug use in general, do you think that still is a serious barrier to people getting help or having the proper awareness? Uh, unfortunately, yes, absolutely. And I think it's fairly prevalent. Again, we were taught a certain way growing up in New York around our dinner tables about this conversation, and we need to reframe it. And hopefully the conversation we're having today right here on Street Soldiers will help empower some change around our thought processes. You know, that these are still human beings that we're speaking of that may be inflicted with a chronic medical condition, and we need to support them with the same love and strength that we would support our own families. So I do think that we need to self-reflect on the words that we use, the thought processes that we think that it's this is about someone with a needle in the arm. I think what we've been conveying for the last 40 minutes is very clear that this could impact anyone. And unfortunately, we're seeing it's impacting almost everyone. Exactly. And I just, I just want to add to that, too. You know, I think we used to think about addiction and, and substance use as that somebody was weak or, you know, didn't have a strong willpower. Um, but we, it's a medical condition um, that has effective treatment that's based in science. And so I think we really need to, you know, change the way that we talk about it and the paradigm. We're not going to arrest our way out of this. We need to treat people who have problems, you know, with addiction and, and substance use. We do have effective treatment and we need to make sure that we keep people alive so that when they are ready for treatment, that they can then access treatment. Absolutely. And Frank, wor worldwide, where does the United States stand with this? In terms of? In terms of, in terms of you, in terms of drug trafficking, in terms of the amount of drugs that are, you know, around in the communities. Well, I would say that the cartels are utilizing the United States as, as really ground zero to move their, their poison to make their profits. The United States uh, is at, at the present time, you know, seeing this incredible influx of fentanyl powder and pills. You know, last year alone, the DEA sees 78 million pills and 45,000 pounds of fentanyl powder, about 733 million potential lethal doses in New York. We seized 2 million pills and 2,000 pounds for about almost 70 million potential lethal doses. So you can see the volume of powder and pills that are flowing into the United States and flowing into New York City. New York City is what we call a destination city. It's a city that 
is oftentimes used to push drugs out into the, um, it, you know, into the Northeast. And one of, one of the gateways. And then, um, Dr. Cunningham, just, just finally give you, give your address again for the email address for people of where they can get the free, free naloxone and test strips and, and, and also uh, information. Yeah, um, so it's at oasas.ny.gov, and that's oasas.ny.gov. Uh, you can click on the harm reduction tab at the top of the webpage, and that'll bring them right to, uh, you know, sources so they can order fentanyl test strips, xylazine test strips, and naloxone all for free and will be shipped uh, to their home. And Frank, DEA.gov, you said? Yes, DEA.gov. There's a fentanyl awareness tab. There's also the one pill can kill... Uh, messaging on on that site and there's a lot of other downloadable material that, that people can use and, and again dea offers this to everybody any agency any person that wants to use that to help educate people all right great and dr Kapoor, finally fi fi final final word can we get ahead of this before it gets worse um i i think that's what our overall goal is and i think we have to appreciate you know these are very challenging times for families as well as for us as a community there are tons of resources available where previously they probably weren't, and that's driven people away from seeking support. So there's family supports, there's individuals that have in, are in recovery that are willing to share their stories and their experiences. So I would say, yes, absolutely, there is hope, but we have to understand it takes a village, and hopefully today's conversation will demonstrate that. All right, I want to thank you all for being with us. Uh, Frank Tarantino, Dr. Chinazo Cunningham, Dr. Sandy Kapoor, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.